بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المجالس بالأمانة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بريكون سايس حديث رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام منشن المجالس بالأمانة we hear the word commonly مجالس مجلس means a gathering of people even two people meeting also is called a majlis. This is now not the technical term as we know, where a program is taking place. But any meeting of two people can also be called a majlis. And Nabi Ali Salatu Salam mentions Al Majalisu Bil Amana. That when it comes to majalis and people meeting, two people, three people, so every majlis is conducted based upon trust. When two people meet, then between them, Whatever is discussed between the two parties, Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam says this is a amanat and a trust. Two people are speaking on the phone also. Now the habit nowadays is recording the call. That phone call also is amanat. What two people are discussing right now is between the two people. Someone meets someone in the masjid, he tells you his future plans or something happening in the home, etc or he's traveling out, or somebody's getting married in the family, or some proposal came, or he went some way, or he's doing something, or he has some business venture, just mentioning this to you also, is also an amanat. That to divulge something like this, there is permission that is needed. So to we find nowadays, people that have the habit of taking selfies, which is haram, or videoing also, that also to take somebody's picture or take video of someone, there's also an amanat, you can't just now video anybody, which in itself is haram. And more than that, perpetrating now and overstepping the haq of someone else, sometime in a ulima, in a wedding, that person hasn't given permission. So you're even recording a call now, and they're after using it, for whatever purpose it may be. Nabi Ali salatu wasalam says that even that call now is an amanat. So two people just meeting up. This also is an amanat. What happens commonly we find nowadays that a person may go, a simple example, is going for a haircut to someone. Now the Baba is talking to him and he'll tell him also that just before you Mufti Saab was here. That's amanat also. Who came, who was the last customer, who came last week, the plumber comes to your house, or a person doing your kitchen up, the carpenter. Now he does the work for you and he goes to the next person. Just to market himself, he tells the next person, I just did so and so persons. How is this the type of granite he put, this type of work I did for him, etc, etc. What he did for that person is amanat. He can't divulge now how much he spent, what kind of tops he put in his kitchen, what he did in his bathroom. That all is amanat. Yes, if he wants to market himself, then he can say, you want a reference, referral, then phone so and so person, I did some work for him. If the person does ask, a person goes to the travel agent and he's traveling out and now somebody else goes to the same travel agent. And now he divulges also that so many people already book with me, amongst them so and so alim, so and so businessman, he's leaving, he's traveling. That also is amanat. So all these type of majalis now are based upon trust and amanat. Who's doing what, where he's going, what he's doing, etc. All this now, Rabbi Ali Salatu Salam says forms part of amanat. Yes, there are times where a person is now obliged by Sharia to expose, to divulge, to disclose what is happening. 
Ulama have given permission that where there is now a person is privy, he comes to know of some discussion that took place if somebody told him that we intend to harm someone. We intend now to usurp his right. Where there is some discussion taking place between brothers of usurping the right of the sister, the executor of the estate, they are now, they have executor rights to the estate. And now you come to know about this. Somebody's right will be trampled upon, or his haq and his right will be taken away. And that majlis is not amanat. There's one example Muhaddisin give in the commentary of this hadith. So anybody's right is going to be taken away, and a person comes to know of it, then it is his duty now to divulge and disclose this. Second example they give is that where some discussion is taking place of harming the deen of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. There's something, some attack on the deen of Allah. Oh, we're going to write an article. Oh, we're going to do something in regards to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, this is an attack on the deen of Allah. Then lies the responsibility of that person to disclose this to those that have the authority to stop it. But to ensure the right information is passed on also. The third example that is given is when a person comes to know that now a certain woman's chastity will be destroyed or taken away. A chastity will be destroyed or taken away, then it is his responsibility now to disclose his information. Only is now where a person might hear that there is some plot or some scheme or there is some attack on a certain girl or certain woman that now there is some intention to do some haram act with her against her will. Then yes, we have to. But commonly nowadays we find sometime in the season we might go out somewhere and we see a young girl with a boy unmarried in a certain mall, a certain restaurant, a certain place. And we know that young boy, we know the young girl, we know the parents. But unfortunately society, community has become such whether an attack on somebody is a right, his haq is going to be taken away. Or the deen of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. Or a young boy now taking out a young girl, whether her parents' permission or not the permission, what you usually will say, not my problem. Whether we keep quiet, we don't know make problems. Hadith Sharif says, now you must open your mouth. Now you must go forward. You know that girl's father. Now you approach the parents, whether they accept or not, but it's my responsibility. That amanat, that majlis that I saw, which was haram taking place. Now I have a right to speak out. Nabi Ali Salatu Salam has given me the right. I saw the young boy doing something wrong. He's involved in the wrong avenue. Some substance abuse, etc. Then we don't turn, turn a blind eye. Something wrong is taking place. Now I've got to put it right. How to put it right? Who to contact? Sometimes we find these things happening. Whether it be some extramarital affair that we heard about, we know about it happening in the workplace. We say, not my problem. I don't want to get involved. It is your problem. You are part of the Muslim Ummah. Now we have to stop it. Whether we go to a certain alim who we know has some authority in that home, or has some influence, or where, which masjid a certain person frequents, which alim he has contact with, or somebody that has some influence in that home, go and contact them. I'm concerned about this. Why we are saying this many times, we hear the young boy now, Allah give us understanding. That way the couples are already engaged. Or they are proposed to get married. But the girl's father will say, six months time my daughter has to finish her degree. Or even her madrasa also. 
But now they let the proposal go through. But there is no shari reason to delay the nikah. And we hear many a times that in that interim now boy saw girl, girl saw the boy. And they want to get together. They want to get together. They are adults. But the bigger adults say, we are not ready. We are not ready. But the boy is ready. The girl is ready. But the bigger adults who do say, we are not ready. We still have to do this and this and this. But Sharia is saying, these two adults are ready. We can't stop them from getting together. Now they're going out and how many times we hear in them just meeting one, two places, what and what is not happening. Then we want to tell that father that you're delaying the nikah, but this is happening. But he turns a blind, blind eye sometime. But we've got to do our duty. The worst, the worst and the most severe punishment in Sharia is for adultery fornication. A person is married and his life is taken away. Is unmarried, then a person now is flogged hundred lashes. Why so severe in Shariat when it comes to this act especially? Where we turn a blind eye, not my business. Why? Because Sharia does not tolerate a society, community which is tainted with illegitimate children. We don't like to give the example, but you know our local community, as long as they haven't paid the so-called lawala or the meher, those children aren't regarded as legitimate. We can see the outcome of it. What is happening? The entire nation that is not married, and we see what is happening, that to now reform the nation has become so difficult. Sharia cuts us from the root. So to come back to the hadith sharif of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that every majlis is based upon amanat, which I don't have to say, I don't say. What I have to say, that now I have to say. Allah ta'ala give us understanding. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Alhamdulillah.